Good morning. Seems like it's such a simple text this morning. Two blind men come, ask Jesus to be healed. Jesus heals them. They go on their way. They have faith, and that's it, right? It's nice, easy, we're done. Go enjoy some burgers. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think there's more to this text than what meets our eye. And so we're going to dig into this text, and we're going to look deeper into this text. But before we do, I ask, first and foremost, I feel the weight of this text. So I think it is an important message for all of us today, whether you have been in part of this church or grown up in Christianity for years and years and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, or you're here for the first time today and this is your first time ever hearing about God, I believe this is an important message for us today. And so would you ask, and pray, I ask that you pray for me. As I stand behind this holy desk, I feel the weight of this word and the message, and so I ask that I don't rely on my own strength or my own ability, but the word of God would go forth. I ask that you pray for one another, that the Holy Spirit would be continue working in our congregation, those who are listening, that would stir up our hearts, that they would, He would soften our hearts and make it a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone. And I pray that for yourself. Pray that the Spirit will give you ears to hear, minds to understand, and a heart to receive what God has spoken through His Word this morning. So with that, let us pray. Heavenly Father, come humbly before You. Father, this text is such an encouraging text to us today, and I hope and pray that we would find the encouragement in this text. Father, I believe that your word is alive and active, and so I pray that it would continue to go forth. Father, I come not in my boldness or confidence in myself, but in the power of your word. So I pray to this end. I pray that as we may be spiritually blind, you would give us sight. I pray that we will continue to seek you and grow in our knowledge of love for obedience to you, our God. In Jesus' name, amen. In my time, I have met some smart people. I've met some really smart people. Let me tell you an example of a really smart person. I was in a conversation uh, with one of my peers about some finer point of theology that I cannot even remember. But I remember this. In that conversation, he quoted a footnote. Who quotes a footnote? Who reads a footnote? (laughs) But this guy quoted a footnote. He said on page 158, footnote 5 in this book, and just went on like it was nothing. He was a really smart person. 
Maybe you've encountered a really smart person, and as they are talking, it, you feel like you're in Charlie Brown, and you just want, 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 want. There are really smart people out there. And there's really smart people that know the Word of God. There are really smart people that have studied the Word of God. I've met these people. I've gone to Bible college. I've gone to seminary. And I've had peers who knew the Greek, who knew the Hebrew, who studied in the original language, who read all the biblical theology and systematic theologies, and yet they want nothing to do with Jesus. And so I think the main point that Matthew is communicating is not just have a knowledge of God, not just have a knowledge of Jesus, but does that knowledge affect our faith? And I pray to the end that our congregation would not just grow in our knowledge of God and just have a swollen brain, but may our knowledge as we pursue and seek after Christ that would affect our faith, that would grow our faith and our love for Him and obedience to our God. And Maybe you're here or you're listening. Maybe you've been on the fringes of Christianity. Maybe you've heard some things. Maybe passed down from your grandmother or grandfather, a friend. Maybe you have turned on the TV and heard a television preacher talking about Jesus before. And so you may have an understanding that this Jesus may be able to forgive sin. But I pray that today that knowledge of Him, that what you have heard would not just stay in our brains, but enter into our hearts, and that would become faith in Christ Jesus. And this is what we see in our text today. We see two blind men come before Jesus And we'll see a question that Jesus asked them, do you believe that I can do this? And we will see their response. And so if you haven't already, would you join me in Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 27. Matthew 9, verse 27, reads this. As Jesus went on from there, Two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men approached him. Let's pause right there. We learn some valuable lessons within this first verse and a half. Jesus is going. These blind men are following Jesus. Let's take a moment and just ponder that. They're blind can't see. Yet, they are following Jesus. How is this possible? We don't know. I could assume that they must have have to ask someone. They must have gone to someone and said, where is Jesus? Where is He? Lead us there. Guide us there. They intentionally sought after Jesus. Jesus. After following him, hearing his voice, as Marcia mentioned earlier, they must have listened carefully to his voice. So as Jesus was walking, they must have listened carefully to be able to follow Jesus. And we see that Jesus then enters a house. Blind men said, well, 
There goes that. We're, we're just going to stay out here. Maybe he'll come out. No, what do they do? They follow him into the house. These two blind men desire to be healed and are putting all their hope, all their faith in Jesus. And so for us today, I pray that we would always be seeking Jesus. That day in, day out, that we would be seeking Him. And as we seek Him, we would grow in our knowledge of Him. And as we grow in our knowledge of Him, that we grow our faith in Him and our love for Him and obedience to Him. May this world see how we seek after Jesus. If you're a parent and you're raising kids, may they look and say, yes, mommy and daddy, they seek after Jesus. They're praying regularly. They're reading the Word regularly. We are attending in Bible study and fellowship regularly. They would see you actively pursuing Jesus. And that would be foundational as we train up our kids, as we disciple our kids. We teach them that following Jesus is more important than anything else. Seeking after Him is more important than anything else. More important than Little League. More important than grades in school. More important than the college that they'll attend or the career path that they'll go on. May we teach our kids and demonstrate and set the example of what it means to actively seek after Jesus just like these blind men have done. Maybe you don't have kids or your kids are out of the house. Maybe it's setting that example at your workplace. And so when you go in tomorrow morning at mo- on Monday morning and your coworkers ask, hey, how was your weekend? You say, great, I was able to attend church and worship my God. Why do you do that? So I can seek after Jesus. Why do you carry your Bible around with you everywhere you go? Because I want to know and seek after Jesus. May we live in such a way that people see that we are seeking after Jesus. And when they ask, may we have, be able to proclaim the truth of God in the Scriptures. Because we have to be able to both speak and live it out. And so as we learn from these blind men, may we intentionally seek after Jesus. And so it may be asking someone who's been walking in this faith a little longer, hey, can you lead me to Jesus? Can you point me to Jesus? Can you help me understand what this is saying? And then it's listening closely. Listening closely to what this Word says. Listening closely to the words of Jesus. Listening closely to the Word of God. And I pray that it won't just be an intellectual pursuit, but it would be one that affects our hearts and grows our faith and our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and obedience to Him. So we have these two blind men who intentionally seek Jesus. We have the prayer of the blind men. Still in verse 27. 
They calling out this is idea of crying out. They're pleading with him. Have mercy on us, son of David. The two blind men have an idea who this Jesus is. They didn't just say, Lord. Or they didn't say, just, hey, Jesus, can you have mercy on us? They use this title, Son of David. Matthew has already used this once already in the beginning, way back at last Advent, about a, almost a year ago now. But Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, Matthew writes, An account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Son of David. This is an important title. All the way back in the Old Testament, we meet a king named David. And God made a promise to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7 that his throne will be established forever and ever. And one of his descendants will be on that throne. In Matthew, as our title is Kingdom Come, we meet this king who will sit on that throne forever and ever and is on that throne forever and ever. And so these two blind men acknowledge that he is the king. He is the Messiah that is to come and save. They have an understanding of who this Jesus is. And in doing so, in this prayer, they recognize who He is and they recognize the state that they are in. They recognize their need for mercy. Have mercy on us. Brothers and sisters, may we come to the Lord in prayer. And as we do, may we acknowledge who we are praying to. We are praying to the Creator of this world, who is all-powerful, all-sufficient, all-knowing, who is just and righteous, who is holy. This is the God, when we enter into prayer, who we are communicating to. In light of that, He's also merciful and gracious. Abounding in steadfast love. This is the God who we approach when we pray. And when we come to God in prayer, when we recognize who He is, should we also recognize the depth of our sin? The need for mercy, the need for His grace upon our lives. Charles Spurgeon said this, there is no praying till a man knows what he is praying for and sets himself to pray for that, as if he cared for nothing else. May we pray for life, forgiveness, pray for salvation for our souls. And as we do, as we earnestly plead before the Lord, He is gracious to give the good gifts. So as we encounter these two blind men who go before the Lord Jesus, and plead before Him, cry out before Him, have mercy on us, Son of David. May we too cry before the Lord, have mercy on us. Again, maybe if you're here for this first time today, hearing this message, may you cry out to the Lord. Just as we will see He can heal the blind He can restore a hardened heart to a heart of flesh 
that loves him. So we, may we cry out and pray to our God. In verse 28, we see now the question of Jesus. Verse 28, when they entered the house, the blind men approached him. And Jesus said, do you believe that I can do this? Jesus doesn't ask them, what's your background? Jesus doesn't ask them, have you gone elsewhere to get healed before? How long have you been blind? What caused your blindness? No, Jesus asked this one question, do you believe that I can do this? He doesn't ask these background questions because he already knows the answers to them, and he knows the answer to this question, so he's asking this not for himself, but for these two blind men. And I think in the same way, he's going to lay this question out before us today. Do you believe that I can do this? And this question is significant. It's their answer is going to determine whether they walk away blind or walk away with their sight. And it comes down to one word, faith. Do you have faith? Do you believe I can do this. Faith is essential to the Christian life. One preacher puts it this way, why is faith so essential? It's because of its receptive power. A purse will not make a man rich, yet without a place for his money, how can a man acquire wealth? Faith of itself cannot contribute a penny to salvation, but it is the purse which holds the precious Christ within itself. It holds the treasure of divine love. If a man is thirsty, a rope and a bucket are not in themselves so much to him. But yet, if there is a well near at hand, the very thing that is wanted in a bucket and rope by means of which the water can be lifted, faith is the bucket by which means a man may draw water out of the wells of salvation and drink to heart's content. And so may we come before God in faith. Faith is the connecting link between us and God. And I understand at times our faith may be weak. And maybe you're here this morning where you're struggling in your faith. It feels like your faith is dissolving It's weak. It's just a tiny thread. But I want you to know, even a tiny thread of faith still connects us, our souls, to that of Jesus Christ. There's a bridge in Peru. It's a rope bridge. And every year, they rebuild this rope bridge. It takes them three days to build this bridge. And they start with this tiny piece of grass. And they harvest this grass. And they start to weave it together and it becomes a cord. They take some of these cords and they braid it together. It becomes a bigger rope. And eventually they get a nice, strong rope to lay across this chasm. But yet it starts with a teeny, tiny piece of of grass that will eventually become a strong bridge to connect the two sides. 
And that is our faith. So even if you're coming here and your faith is weak, know that faith, no matter how small, builds a connection between us and Christ. And as we grow in our knowledge of Him, should that increase our faith in Him, and be, our faith then becomes stronger in Him. I pray that again, that our intellect of Him would not just be an intellect pursuit, but we would know Him and our faith in Him would increase. So one day it would be that road bridge that we can walk across. And so Jesus asked, do you believe that I can do this? And He's talking to these blind men, referring to, do you believe that I can restore your vision? Now, I want to emphasize this point that Jesus is emphasizing, I believe. He says, do you believe that I can do this? Heal your blindness. Not just, can you, do you believe I could heal? And they respond with, yeah, we heard that you healed this woman who was bleeding for 12 years, or you restored this girl, 12-year-old girl. Or you've cast out demons. Yeah, we believe you can do that. Jesus is getting more specific. Do you believe I can do this? And maybe today you're sitting here and you believe that Jesus can forgive sins. Yeah, He could forgive the sins of my neighbor who spends his time and money giving to charity, who loves his family, but... Do you really know who I am? Do you really know the background and the things that I've done and the things that I've seen? Sure, God can do and save others, but He can't save me. And this is the question that Jesus is proposing to the blind men and to us. Do you believe that I cannot just save others, but do you believe I can save you? Do you believe that I can do this? And that is the question that he is proposing for us today. Do you believe that through Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection, the shedding of his blood can cleanse our sins, we can receive forgiveness? Not just some people, but you specifically. Oh, I believe in the power of Christ. I believe that he can. Is for you to make that decision. So finally, we come to the response of these blind men after these questions. Do you believe that I can do this? They respond, yes, Lord. I will see the, these words leaping off the pages of Scripture. They didn't go and say, hold on, Lord, can you lead us to the corner so we could think about this? They didn't stutter. There was no hesitation. Yes, Lord. Yes, we believe you can heal our blindness. Oh, I pray that may, that may be our response this morning. Through the Word of God, through the question Jesus asked, do you believe that I can do this? I pray that we would respond with, yes, Lord. Yes, I believe you can save me. And may we come before Him acknowledging who He is, that He is the King, He is the One, our Savior. May we come before Him and say, Lord, 
I know you can save me. I know you can. Therefore, I put my faith in you. So may we be like these blind men who come eagerly seeking Christ. May we, as we do, may we come before Him in prayer, pleading before Him, seeking His mercy and grace and forgiveness. And as we do, and as He lays this question before us, do you believe that I can do this? May our response would be, yes, Lord. I believe you can change my hardened heart, a wicked heart, into flesh. One that is receptive of you, one that loves you, one that desires to be with you. And so I ask this morning, do you believe that Jesus can do this? Do you believe that Jesus can forgive your sins? And so we close in verse 30. And their eyes were open. Then Jesus warned them sternly, Be sure that no one finds out. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout the whole area. Now we don't know why Jesus told him not to say something. And unfortunately here, we have an example of disobedience. And so I pray, unlike the blind men who will go out in disobedience, that we would be obedient to God as we grow in our knowledge of Him. May that affect our love for Him. And as we grow in our love for Him, may we desire to be obedient to Him. knowing that He is able to forgive all sins. And as we see here, He does heal them. He restores the sight to these blind men. Not because of who they are, not because of their background, but because of their faith. And so Jesus is inviting you today, do you believe that I can do this? He doesn't care about your background, what you have done, what you haven't done, whether you're rich or poor, no matter your ethnicity, no matter if you're old or young. He is inviting you today, do you believe that I can do this? He's willing to forgive our sins, just as He was willing to forgive or to heal these blind men. We're about to enter into a time of communion where we will continue to reflect on these questions. That we will be reminded of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. The payment that He went through so that we can have forgiveness of sins. So with that, let me 
pray, and then we will go into a time of communion. Oh, Father, thank you for this scripture. Thank you that we have an example of Jesus' compassion upon people. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. And Father, may we be a people that responds with, yes, Lord, we believe that you can do this. Father, prepare our hearts now as we go into a time of communion. As we remember and reflect.